Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Um, as Emma said, I am from Zoe Care, um, which is just down the road a little ways, maybe about a quarter mile. Um, we are a pregnancy resource center. So uh, you may not know what that means, some of you may, um, but it means that uh, we open up, uh, it's a medical clinic that, that welcomes in young women and men who are struggling with generally struggling with a pregnancy. We also offer STD testing and uh, um, a relationship training as well. Um, but the bulk of our work is, uh, is, is working with younger um, women and men who have found out that they're pregnant and, uh, and that scares them. Um, so I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about what, what Zoe does. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk a lot probably on what, uh, what may be a little uncomfortable for some of you, um, and which is not talked a lot about in churches, uh, which, is the, uh, which is the problem of abortion. A lot of the people that come into our clinic um, are abortion-minded. They want the problem to go away. And uh, some of them, we had a 16-year-old come in the other day, still in high school, um, and she didn't know what else to do. So I'm going to talk a bit about that, and um, I hope I'm not too, um, too much of a downer. Hopefully I'll have some, some up in there too. But um, I want to share a little bit about what I'm doing as well, and most importantly, I want to share what I believe Jesus's heart is for these people and for people in general that are wounded, scared, and, uh, and need, um, they need the body of Christ to be Jesus to them and come alongside them. So I'm going to start uh, with a pretty well-known scripture, John 10.10. 10. Uh, Jesus is talking to the crowds, mostly to the Pharisees, and he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, there are a lot of thieves in this world. Some of them are flesh and blood. A lot of them today are ideologies, cultural expectations, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and they will come and steal and kill and destroy. They will steal our happiness. They'll steal our health. They'll steal our, our life. Um, some translations of this verse say uh, that Jesus came to bring abundant life. And so I'm going to talk a bit about, about that and how that, how that looks. Um, first, I'm going to tell you a story about a, uh, a customer that came in or a client. Uh, so I, as Emma said, I'm the father's initiative director. So I'll talk a little bit about the mentoring piece in a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I do at Zoe is when... A woman comes in with her boyfriend, usually they're just tagging along, trying to be supportive. Uh, I meet with those guys and talk to them and see how they're doing and offer my services and how I can help and encourage them um, as, as much as I can. Um, Zoe Care is, is a Christian organization, I didn't tell you that, it's pro-life. We, uh, we are very, um, very open about that, and so people know that generally when they come in. Um, but most, I would say, of our clients do not, uh, are not 
Christians. They're not religious in any way. Um, so I met with this guy. This couple came in. Usually what happens is that, that the woman calls all the shots. She makes the appointment. She fills out the forms, all that kind of stuff. This, this day, the, the boyfriend was doing everything. He made the appointment. He filled out both of their intake forms. He was talking to the nurses and stuff. And uh, so it was just a little bit different. Um, they had called and said that they were um, planning on getting an abortion uh, in the next few days. And so they needed, uh, they needed to come in and basically verify the pregnancy. Uh, we get a lot, of, a lot of people like that to come in that, that want to get rid of the problem, as I said. And, um, and so they come to us because they need to know how far along the baby is. And, and you need that to, get, to abort the child. Um, hopefully, you never find out as much about abortion as I do, but since working at Zoe, it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been education. But you do, do need an ultrasound for the procedure. And I should also make clear that Zoe in no way recommends or refers people for abortions. So um, but we get a lot of abortion-minded people in here. So anyway, th this couple came in, and uh, this guy... He was different than a lot of a lot of us here, you know, dressed in black, tattoos, piercings everywhere, and he was generally a decent uh, decent communicator, and he seemed nice enough. Um, but uh, clearly, this was going to be a challenge because they were very set, and they just needed us to do our job, and they would get out of there. So when the nurses took back the the woman, she was very quiet, very scared, very closed. Uh, um, I met with the, the guy. Usually I get about 15, 20 minutes with the boyfriend before, um, before he is invited back to see the ultrasound. So in this case, uh, I sat down with him, I talked to him, and um, I'm not keeping up on my notes here. Uh, and he, uh, we, we just had a great, a great talk. We got really down in some deep stuff right away. I found out that he, his mother had intended to abort him when she was pregnant with him. She relented at the last minute and um, raised him by herself. Uh, he had no father to speak of. He was raised in inner city <coughs> poverty and uh, didn't have a lot available to him growing up. Um, I found out that he had gotten two other girlfriends, two other women, pregnant and had encouraged both of them to have abortions with their child. So he was looking toward his third abortion at the ripe old age of 20. Um, but we, we really talked, we had a great talk. You know, that is not my experience. You know, probably a lot of us in here could not relate to what this guy uh, knew what he was experiencing, all that. Um, but one of the things that we are called to do if we are going to um, be like Jesus is to love people regardless of where they are. And so that's what we try to do at Zoe, no matter how um, unusual the people may be that come in. So we had a great talk, and uh, we talked about his, his, you know, his past and where he wanted to go with his current girlfriend. And, um, and I, got to, I got to pray with him. 
he said he was not religious, but he would welcome the prayer. And so I prayed with him, and, uh, and then the nurse came to grab him for the ultrasound, and the nurse said that his girlfriend had refused it. She did not want to see the ultrasound. And, um, and so we talked, the three of us kind of huddled up and talked, and we encouraged the guy, you know, you need to have an ultrasound. Um, and uh, they were very gentle with the girl, and it was, uh, it was, very, it was a very nice um, encounter, I guess you'd say. Um, but the two of them left, and then they came back a half hour later for an ultrasound. And, and so the, the boyfriend did convince her to have an ultrasound. So they went back for the ultrasound, and, um, and she, she was still scared and stone-faced. But when, when the ultrasound came up and she could see the heart beating like a hummingbird, um, the boyfriend, who had had two abortions already, uh, said, look, it's your baby. And, uh, and her face is kind of melted, and she just kind of, she started beaming. And, and, uh, and so I talked to them when they were leaving, what, what they're going to do. And he said, well, now we don't really know what we're going to do. Um, and they left. But, but we were there just to, to love regardless of where they are. And by doing that, we can, we can maybe show them a little bit about who Jesus is and what his heart is. I'll get back to that couple in uh, in a little bit, um, but let me uh, let me move on to some more uh, some more stuff. Um, so we are in presidential campaign season. Have you noticed? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm about done. Unfortunately, we have a year left. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so presidential campaigns. Well, the candidates, they kind of, they base their campaigns on their platform, which is largely composed of issues. So issues are good for us to get a, a nice and easy way to figure out where somebody stands in regard to some things that we may feel passionate about. Lots of different issues going around this year. Of course, gay marriage is really big earlier. Uh, climate change, immigration, taxes, education, healthcare, and of course, especially with the planned pregnancy uh, videos that have been coming out, abortion is huge, as always. So issues like these are great to have a stand on, um, and they're necessary for politicians, but they're, they're really lousy to live by. Uh, it's, not, it's not the way that Jesus modeled. The, before, before the people literally nailed him down, they try to nail him down on lots of different issues, nail Jesus down on lots of different issues. And he basically wouldn't do it. He wouldn't let in to what, um, what they wanted to know about the different issues of the day. Um, that was not his deal. His deal was to, was to love beyond the issues. And that is what I think we need to do. And that is what drives um, any kind of ministry that deals with um, people of such pain and hurt that are wanting to do something that you really don't want them to do, like what we experience at Zoe. Um, like I said, Zoe is, uh, is pro-life and Christian. Um, but every once in a while I step back and say, what does that mean? What does that really mean to be pro-life? I think this is what I've come to. If, uh, if you and I as Christians are going to 
make a difference in this world, bring Jesus' healing and transformation to this world, we need to, uh, to accept the mandate to not be just pro-life, but pro-abundant life. That's what we are called to do. Uh, we need to love beyond the issues and, uh, and meet people where they're at. So what does this look like? Well, first of all, I think we need to know what or who we are dealing with. Um, a woman I met recently, she had talked to a pastor and uh, asked him why he doesn't talk at all about um, abortion or healing from abortion or any of that in his church. And he confidently said, well, there's nobody uh, in his church that would have an abortion. And she was dumbfounded by that because the latest stats say that 43% of those women who have aborted their child or children um, were actively involved in a Christian church at the time. Now, that's pretty disturbing. Um, and I'm afraid I'm going to get worse here uh, because of those women, only 7% of them talked to anybody in the church before making their decision. 7%. So Jesus is the source of the abundant life, source of all abundant life. Um, and he has commissioned us to be his ambassadors, to carry that out in the world. Um, and yet we are not creating a place that's safe for people to talk about these things. I think, I think we're dropping the ball. Um, who, who, do these, who do these girls talk to, if not the church? John Enser, he's a pastor uh, that really has a heart for the people going through um, abortions and struggling with this, uh, this sort of thing. Um, he is not afraid to talk about it. He has, he has gone so far as to say that, that abortion in our country is the number one unifying experience that we have because we either have had an abortion, our partners have had an abortion, or somebody very close to us has. We may not know it, but that's the reality. And, it, you know, I don't know the state of the souls of those 43% in the church, um, but if a large chunk of the body of Christ is carrying that around with them, is wounded, we cannot be that effective. We need a healthy body to, uh, to carry out Christ's work. And so we need, we need healing and ministry toward these people in the church. I could preach a whole different sermon on that. But um, <clears throat> the, problem, the problem is that abortion is like a scarlet letter today in the church. Nobody talks about it. Um, and... Uh, and the reason, of course, is that people feel, feel like they'd be judged. I mean, you shouldn't abort your child as, as a follower of Christ. And so if you do, then you are, um, you'd be judged. Um, but, of course, judgment does not lead to abundant life. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it ever leads to abundant life. 
Um, do we, so do we condone it? Do we condone all the wrongdoing, all the, the um, sexual sin that, uh, that we heard about in Scripture just before I came up? No, well, of course not. Um, but again, we need to model our lives after Jesus. How did he deal with it? How did he deal with a woman caught in the act of adultery? You know, people wanted to stone her. And uh, um, he made it very clear to the people that wanted to judge her pretty harshly that, uh, that they were all just as guilty of sin as, he was, as she was. Um, and then what he did is that he didn't condemn her. He said, I don't condemn you. I don't judge you. Lifted her up and said, but go and don't sin anymore. And that is our model. That's what we need to be doing. Zoe's mission is to serve the parents of the ch- and save the child with medical excellence and the love of Christ. So we want, we want to be Jesus' hands to our community in dealing with the crises that they face because people are wounded and dealing with all sorts of stuff. But how, how do we fulfill a mission and reach our community? <clears throat> most of, uh, like I said, most of the people that come into Zoe are unmarried, um, they're young. We get some married couples that are excited about having a child, but most of them are not like that. Um, One of the thieves in this world, in this country, is telling us that, uh, that abortion is only a woman's issue. And so um, the man largely just steps aside. I told you uh, earlier that, that women don't talk about anybody about their decision in the church. Um, so who do you suppose they talk to? Suppose they talk to a medical professional, a pregnancy resource center, um, best friend. Well, the overwhelming number one um, person that I talk to is the child's father. I mean, that makes sense. Um, But today, largely, the father is pushed aside because it's a woman's issue. If we're going to love, though, beyond the issues, we need to love the child, the mother, and the father. And that's what we need to do. There are many reasons that... um, Hold on a second. I'm going to talk myself into frog's voice. Sorry about that. Many reasons that women cite to abort their child, but it basically comes down to two, two issues. Many of them come down to two issues. One is that um, the guy's pressuring her, or two, the guy's not up to the task. Either he's unavailable completely, he won't take responsibility, or he's just not showing the leadership that is necessary. Either way, it hinges on the father. So let me tell you about another, another guy that I, uh, that I met. Um, this couple was also coming in because they wanted to have an abortion. They were planning on getting an abortion next week. And, uh, and this guy, on his intake form, he didn't mark anything except that they were, they were going to get an abortion. So... I met with him, and I come to find out that he is actually very um, conflicted because he doesn't want to lose his child. But he has not talked to his girlfriend because he wants to be supportive. Um, so 
sometimes loving outside the issues, you, you have to grab somebody by the shoulders and shake them a little bit. I didn't do that actually, but uh, uh, figuratively I did. So I, I basically told him that he needed to, to man up and you know, share what he's doing and, and tell her that he was going to be there as a father, as, as a, a partner, and, um, and not let her go through this without uh, telling her at least how he feels. And so she had the ultrasound. He was very grateful. They left. Um, we contacted them the next week, and, uh, and they had a great talk that night, and um, they were now excited about parenting. And not only that, but um, now the father wants me to mentor him in how to be a father. And all that is because we look beyond the look beyond the issue that we're told is out there and just kind of love on these people and, and try to help them through their, their struggles. So I'm the Fatherhood Initiative Director and I've told you about meeting with the guys. I'm also putting together a, uh, a mentoring program that, that my friend is, is, uh, is a part of. So this, uh, this joins a bunch of experienced, spiritually mature fathers um, with these young guys that come in. They, they can meet one-on-one -on -one and kind of go over all their struggles and issues. And, and these guys will be leading them in, in the ways of God and, uh, and, and bringing them a step closer to knowing that abundant life. And that's our, that's our goal. So I'm, I'm excited about reaching men. I love, as Emma said, I love mentoring men and seeing the transformation um, it, it, it's hard to just say, all right, here, here's what we've done for you. That's great. Now move on next, next, next person. We need to walk with these people and we need to love on them and continue to show them Christ um, until they are able to do the same for others, until they've come into the kingdom, until, they've, um, until they are healed and helping others be healed as well. Um, I need to put in a couple plugs here, otherwise they will kill me when I get back to the office. Um, our, we, we have, I kind of told you about what we do when people in crisis, but there is a preemptive ministry that Zoe has, which is called 45 North. It's the relationship training portion. Um, Julie um, Upton's in charge of that, and she has a team of guy, guys and girls that go into the middle school and high schools and uh, they talk sex education, they talk how to have a healthy relationship, how to, um, you know, how to say no, how to, how to remain pure. And, uh, and she says it's 20% plumbing and 80% head and heart. And so they're bringing the, the message of purity and hope into the schools, which is just a, is amazing opportunity. Second plug, um, Zoe Care is having their annual banquet this Thursday. If you guys want any more information on what Zoe does, call our office. It'll be a great time. Um, one last thing I want to I want to tell you about is that uh, Zoe cannot do it alone. Okay, if Zoe's doing some great work, I'm convinced, and it's it's wonderful being on the front lines like that. But uh, the, we need the church because that is where people will find Jesus. That's where people will find the abundant life. And so 
we are trying to um, uh, we are trying to partner with churches um, more and more, and we're trying to get the church kind of excited about bringing in these people, these broken, hurt people, to uh, minister to them and serve them and love on them. Um, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be done there. Um, let me tell you about that first couple I uh, I mentioned. I called them the next week, and they were leaning toward keeping their child. And um, just because we just loved on them. You know, we didn't show them any gory pictures of aborted fetuses. We didn't, you know, tell them that they're going to hell if they kill their child. You know, none of that stuff. We just love on them and, and meet them where they're at. And uh, it doesn't matter that uh, this guy was nothing like me. Um, you know, you can love on people any anytime, anywhere. So let me leave you with three, three points to challenge you with. <clears throat> One, never let a political issue, religion, ideology, uh, or opinion get in the way of you loving people as Jesus does. Be pro-abundant life at all times. <clears throat> Look around you. There's a lot of people in this room, but beyond that, look around you into, this ch into your churches, into the community, because there are people that are in pain, that have gone through stuff that you have no idea about. They may appear squeaky clean, but uh, they need healing and they need somebody to love on them and to be willing to listen to their pain without judgment. So be those people. And also, as thirdly, as, uh, as future leaders of your churches, uh, you're tasked to do the work of Christ in your communities. And look for ways to connect with organizations that might have a lot of wounded people, because that's where true ministry happens. You bring these people in, you love on them, you show them Christ. Um, there's so much work to be done there. That's it. Let me pray for you guys, and then I will let you go to lunch. <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you for these men and women who are going to change the world. Lord, may you empower them to bring your healing, your, your transformation, your, uh, your power wherever they go. Lord, help them. Help us all, Lord, to, uh, um, to really see others the way you see them, to love as you love, not be afraid to address each other's pain. Help us be ambassadors, finally, Lord, of your abundant life. In your son's name.